welcome to the Boozy Book Club Podcast. The show where two best friends share their delusional conversations about things like men with bat wings and which one of us would actually get to ride a dragon. So join us while we drink themed cocktails, doused in glitter, and discuss real literary topics like does wingspan really matter? I'm Sarah. And I'm Gina. And you're listening to the Boozy Book Club Podcast. Friendly reminder to anyone listening, every episode is full of spoilers. So don't listen if you haven't read the book and don't want to be spoiled for you. You've been warned. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're going to do something fun today. We're going to talk about Crescent City, House of Earth and Blood. This episode, episode one, is going to be part one, The Hollow. Sarah? For House of Blood and Earth, our theme cocktail is called My Friends Are With Me. It's a chocolatey cocktail that's set on fire in honor of Danica and Lily. All right. So, first impressions. Oh, man. I'll be honest with you, the first time through, I, I don't, there was just a, it was a lot. I told you it would be a lot. It's not that I minded the world building, I don't think. It was just more of a, you go from, we went straight from Akatar. So, yeah. there's only fairies and that sort of thing you know so you're very secluded and then you go from that in the first like 20 pages it's like there are angels there are demons there are half fays there are you know all these shapeshifters and you're like what what in the vampire diaries is going on in here what so it just took me a minute to wrap maybe i needed like two buffer books or something i don't know but it was a lot to take in and so i don't I didn't know how to feel about it at first, but I I ended up liking it. I did. I will say that. I ended up liking it. Yeah, I love that book. I've always, I don't know, I thought you would like it more than you did. I really did. But I think it's because it was like a murder mystery. Yeah. And you like murder. Oh, I'm all about true crime. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I thought you would be way more into it. Now I did, like, I did, I think most people, which is why... Which is why I wanted you to read Akatar going into it, because I think anyone starting off Sarah J. Mawson, if they start off reading Crescent City, they're, they won't, go, they for won't go for it. No. It's just so much world building. It's so much world building without explanation. Yeah. Going, it's it's a lot. I think at least with Akatar too, like you knew the first book, you're like, ugh, you have to get through the first book. That's what everyone says. Yeah. And so you you knew that if you did that, she'll deliver. And yeah. so I think that it's kind of the same concept here. You're like, if I can get through the world building, she is going to deliver. I am going to like it. Yeah. Keep going. If you can get through the first book of Akatar, which is like, you know, a three, four hundred page book, then you'll love the second book. And for some reason, that is less daunting than reading the first three or four hundred pages of an eight hundred page book. For, in yeah. my brain, yeah. I think that's weird. I think that that's, for some reason, easier for people to handle. Like, if I can get through the first book of a five-book series, I'll be fine. Rather than the first 300 pages of a two-book series. Yeah. Of an eight, like, the first 300 pages of an 800-page book. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, I didn't think about it that way. But yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I remember texting you and being like, does it get better? <laughs> Is this good? And you're like, keep swimming. This is a real slow burn. Yeah. Like, for real, what's going on? I know, and then you text me at the end of it and you're like, is the blue book better? And I'm like, yes, the blue book's better. It is. But it I is. also like the red book, so. Yeah, I will yeah. say I appreciated it more during the, like, I'm not going to call it a reread because I didn't reread all of it, but I was yeah. like skimming it for notes for the podcast, and I did appreciate it more. What was weird for me about this book, too, though, is, like, when I was reading it, I was like, I don't remember half of this shit. Yeah. Like, I legitimately, things were happening, and I was like, did this, did I just not, was I not awake during this? 
like just bored. Skipped. I think just so much happened. Yeah, I, I was say, just like, like there at the end, like she put all the action in like the last two. She always does. I mean, literally. And I was like, what is going on? Could you not have? Broken this up a little bit. Literally. But that's every Sarah J. Moss book. Like, think of every Akatar book. But I also think that there's a reason why this one isn't selling as much as, like, her others. Like, it does... It takes a commitment. It's a commitment to get through... It is. It is the a, first one. And I'm not uh, saying it's not worth it. No. I'm just saying, for me, personally, it was a commitment. But I'm also, like, my experience with big books, other than Sarah J. Moss... Yeah. ...are obviously Fourth Wing. Yeah. And then, like, Harry Potter. Yeah. You know, big books like that, where... There is stuff sprinkled in. Like, where there's not action, there's, yeah. like, a love story. Or there's, you know, and it's it's totally different, but I do think it's more of a commitment to get and through these. And it is a slow burn. Like, yeah. especially for what I think Akatar was. Even though, like, yeah. really, Akatar, as far as everyone, like, is spicy, people are concerned. Like, really, the last book was the spiciest. Yeah. No. But it is a really, as far as... Uh, Presence concerned, it's it's a really slow burn. It but it's funny to me, though, like, to me, it's I like the series really a lot, but people really love Akatar, and they don't really pick up this book, but they won't pick up, like, uh, Throne of Glass either, and I love that series. I think it's the best. I'm ever. really excited. Like, I'm actually, like, getting through these just so I can get to Throne of Glass. Yeah, and, but you have to understand, like, the, there is, like, zero spice, except for, like, one or two scenes in that. That's fine. And, like, you know, like a seven, eight book series. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. I mean, it is, it was made for young adult, but it was, it is my favorite series, so. I'm but unfortunately. It's coming next. I know, I'm so excited for it. But right. anyways. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. So we meet Bryce and Danica. Yeah. Like, right off the bat. Off the get, Griffin Antiquities. Antiquities. Yeah. Wow. This yeah, is that place be- sounds like someplace I would love to visit. The amount that I want to just go. It is a place I would like to go. It is a place oh, I would yeah. like to visit. I... Would 100% break something. Yeah. Jessica would not be happy. I'd get turned into an animal. I need to go through and see all the things that she said she would turn Bryce into. Because they were all like... Reptiles are rodents. There was a lot of like... uh, She's like, I'll turn you into a lizard. And then she's like, I'll turn you into a turtle. And like, they're all different... Like a mole, I think, at one point. Or a mouse. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is very creative. Yeah, she really likes the little animals. Yeah. I, maybe those are, like, the less desirable. Like, she's like, I'll turn you into a rat, you know? And they're like, who wants to be a rat? It's kind of weird, but... Anyways, yeah, so Bryce, Danica, you meet them for the first time. Griffin Antiquities. You meet... You talk about Jessica for the first time. Yes. And find out, like, she is a witch that she... Yeah. Defected from House of um, Earth and Blood to yes. House of Flame and Shadow for the Underking. Which, Jessica is someone who stays on my brain 24-7. Yeah. I just want to know what the hell she is. There's a lot to her. The, the reread, I... Yeah, I've got a lot of questions. Like, she knows more than she's leading on. Oh, sure. yeah. What I thought was interesting that they said that she used to be a witch and now she's an enchantress. I was like, ooh! Yeah. <laughs> potato, <laughs> potato. potato. <laughs> like, all right. Like, cool. So, what is the difference? Yeah, what's an enchantress? <laughs> like, okay. Why... Why does this matter? Yeah. But I love that, like, sometimes she watches the cameras, and another time she doesn't. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, she knew that Danica was there, but she only yells about, like, Lily not doing her job, like, twice. And I'm like, are you watching the cameras, or are you not watching the cameras? I think, I think Jessica knows everything that goes on. I think she just picks and chooses. I honestly think that Jessica, I mean, obviously no, like, going to the end of the book, she, I think she knew who Bryce was going into giving her job. Like, I don't think it was, um, 
we find out a little bit later on, you know, why, how Bryce got the job. I don't think that was an accident. I don't think that was an accident with Fury. Um, I don't think that, I think things were put in motion um, far before, I would even go far as to say as Bryce becoming friends with Danica and the friends that she became with with Fury, I would go as far as to say as that was never an accident. I think that was set in motion. Yeah. Um, And so I don't think that her getting in that job at, at, with Jessica was an accident. I think that was put in place. That could be. Jessica definitely knows more than she's leading on for, like, everything. Literally everything. She's like a mastermind. She's like the... What I thought was kind of cool (laughs) was that they talked about the library underneath, right? And the books would, like, try to get back out into the world. They really wanted to get back out into the world. So they, like, throw themselves off their steps. And, like, that's why Lily was there to, like, yell at them and be like, get back! (laughs) The whole time I'm, like, picturing, like, my bookshelf. (laughs) How interesting would that be if instead of, like, when I hear a thump in the night, like, I'm not yelling at the cat. I'm yelling at my books. I'm like, get back up there! Stop it! We also learned a little more about Danica, too. So we learned about kind of the wolf structure, how that works. Yeah. And then that she was actually, at this point in time, is slated to be, like, the alpha of all wolves. So, like, that's crazy. Yeah. All wolves? What? I didn't catch it the first time. The second time through, I was like... Yeah. I knew she would be stronger than her mom. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't that. catch that. I didn't catch that. Well, yeah. that she was going to... I didn't... Oh, yeah, that she'd be stronger. Mm-hmm. I knew that she was going to... That it was talked about that the Prime wanted to bypass her mom. That there was yeah. talks about the Prime wanting to bypass her mom and make her the new Prime. Yes. And that there was talks about her one day being the alpha or the prime yeah. of all wolves yeah that she would have the power once she made the drop to do yes. that that's but, wild yeah. and that's insane which is why she was like it talked about her going into so much she was a history major and yes. going into the history of shifters and there was like an excerpt about it her research about the shifters and that how she spent countless of hours looking into the history of dominant shifter packs in our in other cities why lions had come to rule in Hylene, why tigers oversaw Corinth, why falcons reigned in um, Oya, whether the dominance that determined the prime alpha status passed through families or skipped around, non-predatory shifters could head up a city's ox, but it was rare. Honestly, most of it bored Bryce to tears, and if Danica had ever learned why the Fender family claimed such a large share of dominance pie, she never told Bryce. And it just, like, kind of starts that thing of, like, why are the wolves? Like, why are they... In this, like, section, like, why have they taken up so much of the shifter? Because we do, like, learn, like, the shifters make up a huge... Not only that, what I really thought interesting, too, and we learn, like, throughout the rest of the book, the shifters belong to the House of Earth and Blood, but also, like, other... Other veneer can shift. Like, we find out later, like, there are, like, angels that can shift, Mm -hmm. and, like, fae that can shift. I think it's... Yeah. Yeah. But there are, like... There's a big majority of, like, the population that can shift. I know. Oh, it was, like, every other chapter, there was, she's like, oh, yeah, the panther shifter will be by later. And I'm like, what? There's a lion shifter? There's a panther shifter? Like, what is going on? Yeah. So many shifters. So many shifters. But, yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah, you find out about, and you find out about her, like, family heirloom, like, sword, which becomes a huge ordeal later on. Oh, yeah. Which, I want to know what's about this sword. And I don't know if it's just because it's a family heirloom, but I feel like there's something... There's something more to this sword, otherwise Sabine would want him so bad. Yeah. And I wonder what it is. Because I don't think it's ever... Even in Sky and Breath, I don't 
think it's really ever brought up what is the significance of the sword other than it's a family heirloom. Yeah. Like, truly what is ever brought up about it. But that, that doesn't matter to to Sabine. Like, that doesn't no. matter. So I don't, yeah, it's definitely not that it's just an heirloom. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I wonder. It's a power thing of some sort. I wonder. And maybe it's like a conduit or something that we find out later. Yeah. I wonder. But then Bryce and Danica, they end up leaving the store. Yep. And they go to the heart gate. Yeah, you find out about the gates in the city. Yeah, and I loved, like, the... (laughs) I loved the visual of, like, all these people lining up. And then just, like, saying, like, just hilarious stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Because they learn that they're, like, speakers throughout the different places. And so, like, you think about someone, like, standing in line for, like, two hours. And then they're just, like, boobs! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, my... Can you imagine being on, like, the other side, and you'd be, like, one, when I was just, like, a younger and, like, a child, and being, like, giggling, like, some, like hearing boobs coming out of, like, a random gate, and then yeah. me being older and now being crotchety and hateful and being, like, those kids! <laughs> right? <laughs> like, from Scooby. <sighs> like, the gates were so interesting to me, though. Like, even when I remember first reading it, I remember being, like, actually, that's kind of neat. Yeah, this is this is coming back. Even though, like, that's obviously not what those were used for. No, <laughs> but also it just reminded me of like the cans with like the little line on that you used to like go to a different room and you'd be like, "Hello," and then <laughs> someone across the house would be like, "I can hear you," and I'm like, "All right, can you or is our insulation just shit?" Like, come I wonder on. how far you can hear from them. I don't know. I don't know. Well, because yeah, later pretty Maybe. far. Yeah. Yes, I don't. I thought my favorite part was a quote that said, the power shall always belong to those who give their lives to the city. Yeah, that was kind of nice. That was nice. Because I also think it's not necessarily a physical, like you physically give your life for the city. Yeah. I think it's more of like you give your heart and soul to the city. Yeah. And that gives you power. You know what I mean? Like it's not just like the physically capable people. I took that as like you give your life, like you live in this city, you give your life to this city and that gives you power. Like... I thought that was really cool. I don't know. That was good I liked writing. That. that was. I'm sure that's coming back up, but it does. I saw that and I was like, "That's so sweet." That was a really nice like moment. There's a lot of like. Sometimes I read things. Do you ever like read stuff and you're like, "How did they come up with that stuff?" Because I would never have gone that deep. Hundred percent. Half of these quotes I tell TJ all the time. I'm like, this is like very poetic. And you're like, <laughs> um, we also learned about the seven sections. But how there's only six heads because the humans don't have their own like seat at the table. Yeah, because we have like the prime, the wolves, and Moonwood. We have yep. the Fay Autumn King of Five Roses, the Under King at the Bone Quarter, yep. the Viper Queen of the Meat Market, yep. the Oracle of the Old Square, and the River Queen. Yep. And then Micah, the Archangel, oversees yes. all of them. Yeah. But then they made a point to say like the humans don't have a seat at that table, which is bullshit. Hundred percent, but like, how are they going to get that seat? You know what I mean. They don't have powers. They don't have. I have to give it up to SJM. She does bring in a lot of politics and both new, old. She really does deal with like social issues and um, things like that. Um, the one that the Asteri is over Asteri? the veneer. Yeah, yeah. So like the Asteri are over everyone, which mm-hmm. I think they're technically the Senate. I've still it says they appoint they appoint the Ast- the Senate, but it's never really said who the Senate is. Yeah. And I have yet to figure that out, so I don't know, I don't know if they are the Senate or not. I think that they are. I don't know. If you're dealing with people who can literally level a city, you're not going to fuck with them. Like, you're just not. You're not going to mess with them. You're not going to 
count, you know, contradict them. And that's why the rebels are there. I mean, like, they bring yeah. up the rebels. I mean, that's the whole start of this thing is that Philip Briggs has gotten out. Yeah. Um, which is someone that Danica put away for trying to bomb, you know, their favorite club, the, the White Raven. And so, like, that's why they're wanting to, the, the rebels are wanting to, like, overthrow the Asteri. And they're, they've been trying to fight this war for, what, like, 50 years or something like that. Yeah. To try to overthrow that power. How are you going to fight that? When you're dealing with, like, when one person can level a city and you literally can't even outrun that person on a foot race. You know what I mean? Like, that's... Yeah. There's not much you can... The Archangels um, have... They don't really know why that they have more power than the other angels. But for some... Whether it be breeding, sometimes it happens out of things. But they, for some reason, have more power than other angels. They have the same kind of power as other angels. But for some reason, they have more. And then they just get appointed to whatever region by the Asteri. Okay. And so what I'm kind of curious as then, too, though, is, like, as one dies, then does another one, like... Like, I want to know how, like, that transaction, like, It sounds works. like it was kind of the same thing that, like, they just, they were, someone else was nominated for that role. They were just, like, And then do in. they get that power? Because, like... No, it sounds like they all have their own different powers. Yeah. It's kind of... But you're right. Like, there's no explaining it. That was just kind of my understanding. All right. So we meet the Pack of Devils. We do. Yeah. So we meet Connor and the rest of them. I can never remember the names. I only ever remember Natalie, Connor, and there's another one. There's a whole bunch of them. There's a ton of them, yes. But Connor's the other big player, which is the one who loves Bryce. Yeah, sweetheart. He is. Yeah, and like he's obviously pining after her, but she's like getting ready for her date, and then we learn that she has a boyfriend. Named Reed. I love that she still wanted to eat pizza before she went to the bougie restaurant, though. Because of the, like, what, the whipped salmon on a cracker or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I love that. She took, like, two shots of gin. The whole time, I'm like, if you had to take two shots before you go on a date, like, I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't go on a date. Yeah, like, I don't think that's that's your place to be. What I thought was cool, though, or, like, a thing that hit me when I re- did the reread was the pack of devil's tattoos. So, like, every, like, ox unit within the the shifters, like, the wolves um, packs... They have their own, like, tattoo that's on their mm-hmm. neck, so they know which pack is which, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the Pack of Devils is, their um, tattoo is a horned wolf. Yeah. And I was like, sounds an awful lot like Tamlin. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, because we like to talk about the Northern Rift. That's true. And the crossing. A lot about that. Yeah. Which, end up talking about that on after we meet the pack of devils on page 44 and they say since the day the veneer had crawled through the northern rift and had overtaken midgar eons ago an event historians called the crossing running was the best option if a veneer had decided to make a meal of you she often wondered about it what it had been like before the planet had found itself occupied by creatures from so many different worlds all of them far more advanced and civilized than this one when it was just humans and ordinary animals, even their calendar system hearkened to the crossing and the time before and after it. H-E and V-E, human era and veneer era. Like, it's the first time we have, like, a time frame. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's the first time we, in any of her books, really, like, we have, a, like, a definite, like... Kind of B.C. Yeah. Yeah. B.C.E. We have a, like... Yeah. This is the first series, too, that she, like, legitimately is, like, saying, like, okay... We have a start, we have an ending, we're going to have, like, a crossing. 
Yeah. We're 15,000 years. We find out a little bit later on, actually have a date a little bit later on, like yeah. what it is, which is kind of crazy to me. Well, and then we also find out that Rune's sword is from there. We find out the Northern Rift is a really big ordeal, which is really weird to me that we do not have a map of the world. No, we don't. I think that's very intentional. I do too. In either book. And I always thought we would get one when the second book came out, and we never did. No. And I hope we get one when this third book comes out. I think we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. It depends on how much she wants us to know. I keep trying to draw my own, but it's not working. (laughs) (laughs) So Bryce goes on the date. Date when well, he shows up, what, if like we even 45... want to call it a date, yeah, 45 minutes later. <laughs> like, she's like, You didn't even call, and he's like, I was busy. I love that she was already a bottle of wine deep, though. Good for her, yeah, I'd be too. I was like, Good for you. I do think that, and I know it comes up sort of, but I think Redner Industries is gonna play a very big role, like, not yeah, board. And I think Reed's coming back up, I think, yeah, all of them are. I mean, there, she would not put this character in there as a throwaway, no, no. And, like, that name, Reed Redner, like, that's a that's a strong name. That's coming up. That's a good villain name. 100%. When he finally shows up. What a douchebag. I would not have waited 45 minutes. Let, let that just be clear. I would have, I would have waited food. 20, and I would have called him. I'm mean, like, where are you? And if he was like, oh, I'm going to be another 20 minutes. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not waiting another 20 minutes. Time is precious. If he had, like, a tab, I would have said, okay, cool, I'm ordering. And then I would have ordered my food, ate my food, and left. Like, I would have ordered the most expensive thing I could find. Yeah, he just didn't sound appealing at all. No. Nothing about him. Which I think is intentional, right? We're not supposed to have any kind of good feelings towards this person. No. At all. No. So she ditches him. Yeah, but he did say something interesting before she left, which I... which is also why I think that he's going to end up coming back. And the whole Redner industry is, is she said, she asked him, the or she asked him, the angels think the war might spread here. And he goes, no, the Asteri wouldn't let that happen. And she goes, the Asteri would, she goes, the Asteri let it happen over here, over there. And he goes, his eye, his lips twitched downward. It's a complicated issue, Bryce. And I'm like, what do you know, Reed? Okay. What do you know? He knows. He, he knows, knows something like, I'm, so, Yeah. I'm wondering what he, I think he knows way more about, like, he's way more involved, one, in his dad's industry, because this is his dad's company. Yeah. And he's way more involved with his comp- that company than he ever lets on. 100%. And then I think that it's going to be brought back up in the third book. Like, I think that, yeah. I think Redner Industries is going to be, like, way more involved in the third book. I do, too. I really yeah. do, too. And I think it's going to have to do with the war in Pinjara. That could be. Yeah. Alright, so she leaves the date. Yep. She decides to go to the White Raven. The White Raven, who's ran by a butterfly shifter, which cracks me up every time that there's even a butterfly shifter. Like, I don't understand why that makes me laugh so hard, but it does. Why was that what she chose? That's what I want to know. Of all of the shifters she could have picked. I don't know. Butterfly shifter? I don't know. It could have been like a hornet shifter or like something. I don't know. A kangaroo shifter? Little flamboyant boy. Maybe. I don't know. Which Even is, then, like, a rainbow shifter, like, something. A rainbow shifter? There's already all kinds of ridiculous shit Shifters. in this book. Like, what? Why a butterfly shifter? Like, you're shifting to a butterfly and then you get squished on the wall. Like, what the fuck? I'm picturing, like, a human-sized butterfly. No. That's what I'm picturing. Well, the wolves are horse-sized. Fair. Again, so, what kind of horse? Right. <laughs> talking, like, Who a <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> Um, one thing I did think was super sweet was she finally texts Connor and she says, all right, 
we had the pizza, you know, like Saturday. <laughs> and then my favorite part was, he goes, go enjoy yourself. I'll see you in a few days. Message me when you get home safe. And I've always told my nieces, like, you never go for the life of the party guy. That is not the guy you go for. You go for the guy that makes sure you get home safe. I know. Every time. And I just, oh my gosh, that made my heart crack. I see that. I was like, good for you, Bryce. Good for you. You finally found a non, like, phone reading douchebag. You know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. But, anyway, I thought that was really sweet. And I loved that. Did not love that she went and, like, had sex in the bathroom with a different dude. I am very much, like, if I have feelings for someone, I can't, like, I Do you think she actually had feelings for him? I think that she, yeah, 100%. I don't think that she, I I think that she did. Otherwise, she wouldn't have agreed to that. Yeah. And I think she knew it was, like, the inevitable thing, right? And so she finally, like, it, I related to that where, like, you go through your, like, wild stage where you're like, I'm going to date all the people. And you are dating people that you know you're never going to end up with. You know? Like, I I don't even want to talk about the, like, machine gun Kelly looking people (laughs) I've dated in my life. (laughs) That I did not end up with. And I knew. Machine gun Kelly people. (laughs) And I think about that. And I'm like, but then there is. There's some point in your life where you, like, stop and you're like, all right, okay, I guess I'm ready to, like, be serious about who I'm spending my time with. And I think that she finally got to that. And I, I love that she knew, because she even mentioned that. She's yeah. like, I knew it'd be Connor. Like, I knew that. She saw her life with him. She saw yeah. all of that. I, yeah, I thought that, that was one of the more relatable moments for Bryce with me. There's a lot of moments I cannot relate to her, and that was that was not one of them. I feel like this book in general, I don't relate to the characters very well. It's harder. It's, yeah, it's the one second of the book. Books. I relate so much more to a lot of the characters. The second yeah. book, and I think that's why I like the series, is because of the second book. The first book, I don't relate to the characters. I love the I love the book, but I, I don't relate. The second yeah. book, I definitely like. It's where I fall in love with the characters. It's Bryce, just in general, is a lot, this book. She is. But, but you're also like, she goes through a shit this ton. Is, she's just in her, like, defense mechanism like, from the yeah. like, at the moment, like, yeah, from the whole book. Yeah, you're coming you see it towards the end, like, she's yeah. not, but. Yeah, she has to go like, through a lot wow. of growth. Like, yeah. she's in the middle of growing when you meet her, and then yeah. she has traumatic, like, and yeah. then she, she's going through a lot of shit. Going through, through a lot. And you meet Fury. Yes. Who gives her drugs. Which, okay, that was another <laughs> thing I wanted to say about this, that Bryce, she, she takes his drugs, and she's like, maybe I could quit my job, and I could just live in the club. And I was laughing so hard because I'm like, I don't know how many times I had that thought in college. I could drop out and just be a go-go dancer. And like, I am not saying that as like disrespectful to go-go dancers, but I'm just thinking in my mind, I'm like, I would enjoy this way more than this organic chemistry two bullshit like final I'm about to take. But, but it was just funny. I was like, yeah, that's another like, one of those like little relatable moments where you're like, Oh, yeah, okay. I see you, Bryce. I was, I never did drugs when I was younger, ever, because my mother, God bless her and her crazy ass self, threatened me. My dad was a prosecutor and threatened me when I was in high school and stuff and said that if I ever got caught doing drugs, dad would lose his job and (laughs) we would be homeless. So, yeah, 
I was petrified. Sure. So I never did drugs. And I, I drank, but I never did drugs. Little did you know that your dad could actually just, like, get you off of those charges. A hundred, yeah. 100% and had done so for my brothers. So, like, I, I, I never knew that. I thought that my family's security rested sure. on, solely on my on shoulders. On your, like, dare so, yeah, contribution. I did not have fun in college. But it does sound like drugs were regular for them. Like, it was not a big deal. They were doing drugs all the time with the way yeah, I've been. But what is your mind like? I don't know. I couldn't figure out what they were, like, comparable to. My only guess would be, obviously, Cocaine? The, root, the root one was weed. would be my thing. Well, that was, like, the mirth root, yeah. Yeah, mirth root was weed, and then the other one had to have been, like, coke. That, or, like, I'm, molly, maybe. Maybe molly? Molly, probably, honestly. I want to know what drugs fucking SJM are doing. I don't... It's not molly. I can <laughs> tell you that. Uh, There'd be a lot more feel-good feelings in these books if it were Molly. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. know. But, yeah, I thought I thought that it was, yeah, lots of drugs. Lots of drugs. And then, like, the club? I don't know. I, it, was, it was a lot. I literally think I got, like, an anxiety attack just from reading about this club. Like, just the oh, whole Oh, I thought it sounded fun. I was like, you, that's cool. Yeah. I was not even... I literally, like, heard about it and then I went, like, social anxiety hit for me. <laughs> Oh, I am, my, yeah, like, I, I don't normally, I'm not normally like that, Yeah. but, like, there's a part of me that I'm like, all right, are we doing this? Like, okay, you gotta give me a heads up, you know, I but think I could do it. 34-year-old me was like, I would wish I could do that, but I don't know, like, I, I went can. back to, like, younger me, like, college me, and I, I immediately had social anxiety. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. I was like, Gina, stop it, you're a grown-up now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd be all about that dance floor. I'd be like, yes, let's do it. My knees hurt just thinking about it. Every time she talked about dancing, I was like, oh, Or God. her high heels. I was like, ah. Oh, my it hurts my feet thinking about Every it. Every time she was talking about it and she put on high heels, I was like, how are you walking in those? Yeah. I don't understand that either. Okay, so she's at the White Raven. She's drunk texting, which is oh, hilarious yeah. in itself. That yeah. was relatable, too. Yeah. And then she leaves, and her whole journey home, I'm just, like, cracking up. Because I'm like, yeah, I've been there. Where you're like, I'm just going to yeah. lay on this now I have been there. third stoop and just, this is where I live now. And I'm like, I have been there. The fact that she made it to her apartment. Well, was... she remembered the code. I would not have remembered the, the code. code. If I immediately went up there and was like, ah, shit, there's a code. There's no chance I can look at my brain archives and find it. You know me. I would have curled up on that step, on that glass, and fell asleep. She's like, I'm afraid Dana could be mad. I'm like, oh, my ass would be calling her on repeat. On repeat. Yeah, I'd be like, I would be calling you. Be, I'd be like, Sarah, come get me. Come get me. Yeah. And you'd be like, Gina, just go to sleep. I'll come get you in the morning. I'd be like, okay. Yeah. I'd be like, you're fine. You made it this far. You're all right. You'll be okay. Don't let anyone take you. Okay. So she gets up to her hallway and she's like trying to figure out which apartment's hers, whatever. And she finds her apartment. So she stoops down to grab her keys. She drops her keys, grabs. Goes to grab her keys, and she knows there's blood on the ground underneath her door. And her door is, like, open, basically. Yeah. Would you have went in at that moment, knowing it's blood, knowing that that's what that is? Would you have went in that apartment? Yeah. I feel like I would have found a phone. I would have called 911 first, and then I would have went in. I would have gone in. I would have been, like, I think in my brain, I'm also really good at, like, compartmentalizing things, especially in, like, a crisis. I'm, it's a weird talent I have. I think that I'd be, like, all right. I need to call for help, and then I need to figure out what the fuck's going on. But like, it amazed me that, like, the first time she called for help wasn't until the alleyway. But also, she's in, like, a fucking stupor at the I'm not, moment. I would have called for help, but I still would have gone in the apartment. Oh, like, like I, I would have been calling while I yeah, been in the house. Yeah, I was house. gonna say, like, that would be my first thought. I would be like, 
I need to fucking call for somebody. And then I would, if there's blood enough that's oozing out from under your door, think about those doors too. This is an apartment. So you know it has like the rain guard. It has like the shit on the door. So for there to be so much blood that it is on the outside of the hallway and that your door is totally like busted open. Like you're, you don't even have a doorknob anymore. Yeah. Is what it said. I'm like, for sure I'm fucking calling. Like, I'm still nosy enough. I'm going in to see if I can help anybody. Like, I'm going to go see. But I'm calling for help first. Because I'm like, what a die. And then nobody's helped. Yeah, no. I would be calling and then I, I look for a weapon, go yeah. in. Yeah. Drunk me, call, stumble in, look for a weapon, see what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. There's a chance that I was I would have been, like, yelling at someone about the blood on my floor. You know what I mean? Like, I'd be going in there like, who the fuck? Who pours? And then they're like, dead. And you're like, who the fuck Kool-Aid man all over my (laughs) fucking floors? I just cleaned these. Come on, guys. Guys? And then you walk in, they're murdered. You're like, immediately regret that. (laughs) Super sorry. Super sorry, guys. (laughs) So sorry. That's my bad. (laughs) But, that, like, there's just so many parts of this, like, the whole next two chapters that, like, I can't relate to at all. Like, she goes in, they're all dead, you know, and she's I like, don't think many oh, of my God, really- oh, my God. And then she's, like, she's in the stupor, like, which I can, I can relate to that when, like, you, granted, I've never come across multiple dead bodies while I'm drunk, <laughs> but, like, something will happen, someone will cut themselves or something, you know, something that you're, like, this takes my my actual attention here. <laughs> like, so you're trying to sober up, you know, you're, yeah. like, get it together, get it together, like. But then to see a demon or like hear a demon and be like, I'm gonna chase it! Like, running no! cars! <laughs> yes! And she's like running over glass? No fucking oh. way. I get a splinter in my foot and I'm out. So she's running on charge of glass over a demon, demon, like, or something that has shredded her friends. Yeah. That was the most unrelatable I think I've ever been. Yeah, she's advice. running after that thing and I'm like, I would have been like, buff. <laughs> yeah, I'd have been like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Good day. Yeah, like, what? Or I'd have been, like, looking for, like, clues in the apartment or, like, something. Like, I would not have been chasing the demon out into the night. Knowing what it did to my friends. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way. I wouldn't be looking. I know how I handle crisis situations. Okay. There's fight. There's fight, flight, and freeze. Okay. Freeze is actually one thing. Like, that's another situational thing, thing, right? I I tend to freeze 100%. Like, I am the person who, like, traumatic things will happen or, like, like, chaos will happen, and I will just stand there and watch it. <laughs> like, literally, I will, I will literally just stand there, and I'll, like, watch it all happen. My brain just stops, and people are like, do something, and I'm like, mm. <laughs> like, I would. I would stand in the middle of the room and be like, uh, I don't. What do I do here? There seems like a lot happening right now. <laughs> I'm gonna walk out. stupid that? I would go into, like, CSI mode, I think. Yeah, I think. I'd be like, conserve the crime scene. Yeah, it would have been a whole thing. I mean, I would have also been, like, getting rid of shit, and I'm like, Danica is not going to want anyone to find this. Do not give Sabine another reason to hate her daughter. (laughs) Clear the cash. Clear the search history. Like, we're clearing everything. everything. Yeah. Hide the smut book. Yep. This is not going to help at all. But no, she chased the demon down. I would not be, I would not be a war hero, though. Like, no, if if it came at me, I'd fight to the death. 100%. 100%. But I'm not going out hunting a demon. I ain't chasing it. No. And that thing's gotta be pretty fast. It had four legs and you're chasing it. Yeah. Granted, like, you're half-faced. So, like, I guess, like, you're fast, too. But, like, it Barefoot. had four legs to your two. 
and you're barefoot to your and drunken drug shredded feet. No, you're enough not. to take you're down stumbling. a horse. Let's be honest with you. You're stumbling through the city after this. Enough thing. Enough to take down a horse. Yeah, there's no way. And then she like finds it and it's like feasting on an angel. <laughs> she hits it with the table leg. Like she yeah, takes what? it up with the table leg. I will say, I could see myself, like, maybe if I did chase it, like, getting to the alley and then being like, oh, fuck, what was I going to do now? What? No. I just see myself freezing at that point and being like, no, see. Why did I think this was a good idea? No, at that point, that's when I think I would kick in. I'm the exact opposite. At that point, when it's like, when there is no other options left, that's when I'm like, that's I'm just going to be, I'm it. just going to go for it. I just couldn't picture the actual demon itself. Like, the, for like, like, I don't know. Like, you know what I part- picture? I picture, did you ever watch Resident Evil? No. Okay, well, then I don't have a reference for you. Yeah, I was like, all I could think about was, like, Stranger Things. That's what I was, like, picturing. But anyway, so she's in the alleyway, and it's feasting on the angel. She, like, scares it enough that it, like, runs away. Right? Yeah. So then she's, like, trying to save the angel and whatever. I think the part that was relatable to me was that she knew that at this point, like, she could not save Danica. And she could not save those people, but she felt, she's like, I can save this angel. I can save, like, this one thing. Yeah. And so she's trying to save the angel. She doesn't feel like she has any control over her life. This is the one thing she can control. And then all of a sudden, I okay, so she calls 911 and she gives them a number. And the whole time, I, like, had to go through my notes. And I was like, I forgot that you're not supposed to know what the number was at first. So, because I'm like, where did I miss this number? What is this number? The whole time, I'm like, did Danica give her this number? Like, what is this number? And they're like, oh, shit. Okay, we'll give someone to you right away. You know? And the whole time, I'm like, what? Yeah, I have a lot of questions about that. The phone number? Yes. (laughs) Yes. And then I think my favorite part about this scene was Isaiah shows up. Hunt shows, well, who we learn is Hunt later. You know? Shows up. And she's, like, freaking out. And they're trying to, like, drag her away from this angel. And... He, like, takes off his helmet, and he's like, you need to calm the fuck down. <laughs> and then she just does. She just stares at him and just calms down, and, like, he staple guns her leg. Leg? And she's still, like, just calm. I'm like, that's a trick. That's pretty cool. Yeah, like, like that. Huh, where can I find that? So that was our kind of intro into Hunt and Isaiah, all of them, until the interrogation room. Yeah. Which, the interrogation room, you don't want to watch shit in the interrogation room. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Fucking lot of shit in the interrogation room. Yeah. Which, I liked the interrogation room scene. It was actually one of my favorite scenes in the first part. Mainly because the first part really does go by really quick. Because it is, like, just the introductory of everything. What is like, the shortest one? It's the shortest the one. Too. You have to meet all the characters. Like, all your yeah. big players. Kind of like your intros. Yeah. yeah. It's like, throw out all the information that you can really quick. All yes. of the, like, people, places, things. It sucks. Like, it doesn't suck, but it's also, like... It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Yeah, it's really yeah. overwhelming, and it's... I don't know. So, the inter- the interrogation room is kind of nice because it almost feels like a breath for me. Like, because everyone's sitting, <laughs> for the most part. And as much as I hate that I keep using this word, like, it's the most relatable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you see, like, these, like, crime shows, and you're like, yeah, no, that is exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're right. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> like, there yeah. we go. And it... it you get it from Isaiah's perspective, which I yes. think is really nice. That was and like cool. Isaiah, who has been around a long time, like for hundreds of years. Yes. And not only that, but Isaiah, who ex- he actually explains some things to you. So, like, 
First of all, the first thing Isaiah talks about, he actually opens, made sure that the records state that he was, that Bryce was a witness. He made damn sure the records stated not a suspect. Yeah. And I want to know why. And they never say it again. And I, and I want to know. I think without spoiling it for those who have not got to part two, I think it's because of her half fay situation. I think. You that, know, that's smart. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. They never, they never come out and say that. But yeah. because of. Rune busting in there. Yeah. That's why I think. I think so that they they don't get in trouble. That's smart. Keeping her. That's yeah. smart. But I, I had that same, until I, re, I did the reread, I had that same question. And then all of a sudden it just kind of, I was like, oh, yeah, I bet they're trying to like cover their asses. Yeah. Because Isaiah is such. Intentional? A t- intentional. That's what, how I, yeah. Character. I love Isaiah. Like, I yes. think he's he's a very likable character. Yes. He's one that, like, you never get a bad vibe from. Like, no. if he ends up being someone who screws over the team, I would be really shocked. Me too. Yeah, um, I agree with that. He seems like a very pure character. Yeah. Almost kind of boring, but I... I almost wonder, like... I would all... I would really love to s- learn more about Isaiah in yeah. the long run. Because I, I think that he's got some like really cool things to to go off of like I don't know but he you really learn a lot from him um he explains like the halo tattoos yes and he explains about um Shahar um who is the daystar her rebellion um and he goes the halo they called it um a mockery of the divine auras early humans once portrayed angels as possessing um, the Asteri had created the angels to be their perfect soldiers and loyal servants. The angels, gifted with such power, had relished their role in the world until Shahar, the archangel, once they once called this the Day Star. So they, he tells about Shahar, her rebellion, how it failed, goes through all of that. What I think is interesting, especially about the Halo, he says he says about it and how it was portrayed as what the humans once thought the angels had, which is what on our earth what we a lot of times portray angels as having but this is obviously not on our earth yeah. in the book they also say that the asteri made the angels yes. like it, that's not a thing but it also says that the asteri came over in the northern rift mm-hmm. in the crossing so where are the asteri from that you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. that's you where it know. comes in through that like whole like okay so where are you pulling this from? Like, are you from our world originally? Or where where are you pulling this information from, Sarah? Archangels, she's talking about the powers that they have. That mm-hmm. they can cast rain, storms, and the occasional tornado. Like, <laughs> the occasional what? tornado. How scary would that be? <laughs> Just a random tornado. You just, like, get angry and you start throwing tornadoes <laughs> at people? Like, what? We're from the Midwest, guys. Yeah, tornadoes are real. <laughs> That is not to be trifled with. We do not fuck with tornadoes. No. <laughs> no. And I love that she, I love that she's like, lightning's rare, but tornadoes, like, more common. I'm like, what? Oh, wind. Yeah, what in Tornado Alley is happening here? <laughs> Come on. We live on a plateau. <laughs> yeah, we live literally in Tornado Alley. Well, I guess it's kind of shifted now, but. Yeah. Yeah, we... We take those sirens real serious around here. <laughs> real serious. Yeah. But it is funny to me. You talk to people on, like, East or West Coast and stuff that don't have it, never dealt with tornadoes. Yeah. And they are, like, it's a different kind of terrified. Yeah. They're like, what? 
It, like, eats up the ground, and you're, no, it's definitely fucking scary. Yeah. But, like, I don't know, you just, like, go down in the basement, and you, yeah. you know, like, there's a routine for it, and they're like, I'm sorry, the ground is sucked up into the, the sky. sky, you know, and you're like, yeah, no, it is, yeah, but, like, you go on your porch, and you, like, listen for it, like, you yeah. hear it before you see it, you like, know, and they're you like, what? Like, a train? Yeah, you yeah, you listen go. for a train, I don't live anywhere near a train track, so yeah, if I hear a train, I'm getting the cover, but... Yeah, it's just so funny. Like, like, most of the time, like, when I was a kid, like, my mom never even woke me up for most tornado warnings. I will say now I get more freaked out about it than than I did when I was, like, even my younger 20s yeah. and stuff. I think it depends on where you live in the area, too. Like, yeah. where we live, like, we live, it depends on, on the I-44 corridor. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. it just kind of depends on where you where you're at in the area. I'm fairly so, confident we would hear it. But anyway, I just think it'd be terrifying. Someone could wield a tornado. Yeah, I would be if if someone said like I can wield a tornado, I'd be like, not around me. You will not. Well, and how do they do that? Because like lightning, they can get it to like strike people. Do they like have the tornado strike people? Or do they just have it like suck them up? Like how does that? How yeah. does that work? I feel I like a lightning lot of logistical question. A, a pinpoint, and the tornado would be like, I can take out a, a city block. Yeah, that's how do you like, stop it? That's not like, is it? There's no stopping it once it starts. It'd just be a wind thing. They're like, sorry, collateral damage. <laughs> They're like, I can take out a couple cows, and all I can think of is Twister, Twister which is. Yeah. Um, okay, just, they also mentioned that the Vayner Wraths can change bodies or wraiths. Sorry, Vayner Wraiths can change bodies the whole time. I'm like, that's kind of interesting. Oh yeah, with Victoria, yeah, yeah. I was like, that'd be kind of cool. So like, and try she, on a like, new body for size for like a century, and then. Jump to the next one. Which makes me also think about, though, Sarah Dwin and... Oh, what's her other name? The twins in... Um, yeah. Uh, Akatar. Because yeah. they're both... Well, they're half-race. So... She definitely does a lot of cross... Because she yeah. also mentioned a Kelpie earlier. Yeah. So, but I was wondering, like, could they have always gone into it? Like, did they have... Different bodies they could jump into? Yeah. I don't know. Did they know at that time? Because this is, theoretically, in my mind, futuristic... So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't... I don't think, but I think these are happening at the same time. In my brain... Yeah, I think... I think I saw an interview where everything in their worlds... I don't know. Maybe they're not happening at the same time. I don't know. I think we'll know more shortly, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, There's a lot of I don't knows. One potential... Maybe it's more of a conspiracy. Oh, I love conspiracies. You know I love me a conspiracy. There is one time... In this book, mm. where it talks about Fury and mm. Hunt calls her a mercenary. Yeah, and I was like, "What?" All I could think about was Akatar, the Glee coach. You know the one, that <laughs> the and Glee coach, and Mrs. Doubtfire lady. Uh, <laughs> all I could think about was that, or I'm like, "I'm sorry," because well, we were talking about in the last, you know, last series. We're talking about, we're like, she literally just disappeared and she was never talked about again. And we're like, where the fuck did she go? And then I'm like, oh, are we yeah. cross-contaminating here? Like, what is going on? Like, she likes to pull from, granted, I also get it. Like, as an author, I don't know how many different beings and things you can, like, yeah, pull from, you know? Yeah. But I found it interesting that, like, he was the only one that called her that. Like, yeah. they always called her an assassin or they called her, you know, like, something like that. Yeah. And I was like. Yeah, so, yeah. Hunt remarks on Fury um, on, like, page 80, I think. Um, and 
he goes that she had too many high power allies. Um, some it whispered on the Imperial Senate, some both times. Micah had decided that the fallout over the Umber Mortis turning v- Fury Axtar into Vitable Toast would be more trouble than it was worth because I guess like Micah had like sent uh, Hunt like twice to go kill her. Yeah. And had, you know, had called her a mercenary. I went down a fucking rabbit hole last night. On yeah, Fury. Yeah. There's so much about Greek mythology in this book. Yeah. And I think she is represented by the, the Furies, which are kind of like Hades mercenaries in Greek mythology. Yeah, I don't know enough about it. To... They're kind of, they're pretty interesting. They're, okay. they're like a three-faced, they're like a three thing, which hmm. I do think that that's, I wonder why she is so powerful like, I wonder what she is, though, in that world that everyone is so afraid of her. Yeah, she reminds me of Amryn. Yeah. yeah. She reminds me of Amryn a lot, um, which made me wonder, like, why, and we'll, we'll get to it in um, a different part, but what is it, what power does she have that people either know or, or suspect about her that make her so feared? Yeah. Because there's something about her, like, literally, that Hunt doesn't even know, but everyone's like, I know not to fuck with her. There's, what is it? that feeling. Like, like, there's a feeling about her that they're like, ah. What would crack me up, though, is, like, if she's, like, fucking human. Like, like, half human. Like, there's, like, literally nothing wrong with her. Like, she's like, I got nothing. Yeah, she's like, I just... I'm just, an RBF. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, I literally just got good aim. Yeah, exactly. She's like, I don't know. (laughs) She's like, I just put in my bluff one day and everyone went with it. Yeah, (laughs) They just rolled with it. And you meet Rune. Yes. The first time you meet Rune. Rune Dannon. Yeah, Rune he's mentioned, but we don't ever actually, like... No, you meet him. No, I know. I'm saying, oh, yeah. like, he's mentioned before this. Oh, yeah. We don't. Yeah, and then we finally meet him. Rune Dannon, Crown Prince of the Valbarn Fae. I don't know why that sound is so popular. Dun, 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 I'm like, oh my god, it is one person saying his name, and it's, like, in every other video. I'm like, oh my gosh. The lip ring, I can't get over it. I just... He's he, not my type. I love Rune Dannon. He's not my type. I Rune Dannon, appreciate him. Rune Dannon was my old type. I just don't drool over him. Rune Dannon was my, yeah, he definitely was my old type. He's not my current type, but he's my old type. Yes, we meet him. He, like, just misses he's her. He's just sweet baby Rune. Not now, he's not. Not right now. Ah, it's one of those, it's one of those characters I knew there's more to him. She wants you to dislike him. You know what I mean? Like, I'm on to her ways. <laughs> I know what's going on. So, at the time, I knew there's more to the story. I knew, I loved, like, Hunt and his, like, interactions where, like, Hunt has a very, I don't know, he's a lot like Reese in that way, where he's got that really, like, cocky, like, smile when he says shit to Rune, and Rune's just like, "Mm." (laughs) you're, like, so mad, like, easily riled, you know, and I just loved that. I loved that, and I loved that. Yeah, he, they just like to ruffle each other's feathers. So out of all of the <laughs> alpha holes, <laughs> which one were you, like, out of the get-go? So you've uh-huh. got, like, obviously you've got Rune, you've got Isaiah sitting there. I'm just gonna throw him in the mix, why not? Sure. You've got Hunt. Mm-hmm. That's really all I got. We're not gonna throw Reed in there because he's a douchebag. Um, yeah. So Hunt is who you're immediately drawn to, probably. Um, well, obviously before he died, Connor. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Connor. Yeah. Connor yeah. was, like, my type, for sure. Yeah, Connor. Like, the athletic. Just, yeah, like, Connor's sweetie. Yeah, I would have been drawn to him. Um, but aside from that, uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I would like to say Hunt, but 
My... He's also, like, feared, you know? So I'm like, I may have, I may have been more vanilla and went with, like, Isaiah. I don't think we met Isaiah yet. No, we did. He was in the interrogation room. Isaiah. Oh, Isaiah. Sorry, oh, I was thinking, thinking Ethan. Ethan, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I would have went with Hunter Rune. Yeah. Hunt, at that point, was kind of, like, calm the fuck down. You know what I mean? Like, he would have said, calm the fuck down. He would have said the calm the fuck down, and I would have been like, make me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, my instant, like, would have been like, make me, and I would have <laughs> followed his little ass around, been like, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I would have like, the fuck did you say to me? I would have, like, went down swinging, 100%. I would have. I would have like, whatever. I would have been such a I would have been like, can you get time. your gray goose feathers away from me, please? Like, I would have been so mean to him. You would have been so mean, and I would have been such a little shit the whole time just to get him to fight back. Like, I, and that's where I, like, relate to Bryce. Like, I'm just, like, I poke. Yeah, I think that's what annoyed me, like. Yeah, no. She, I think like, she tried to make her just so much in this. Like, yeah. The parts that were relatable, she, I just feel like she kind of, like, forced down her throat, like, a little yeah. bit. You know what I mean? Where I was like, I get it, you think you're a badass, like, shut up, you know? <laughs> Like, so that's what she said. I'm like, I, okay, I get it, Bryce. I get it. Thank you. Can you come fuck like, down now? Yeah. Can you be nice to Lily, please? Thank you. I want you know she treated her so nice. She was so mean. She's like, you're so mean. I bought you a shake. Yeah. She's like, you can be really mean sometimes, BB. I was like, you tell her. So, they play the recording. Ugh. Which was brutal. Tragic. Brutal. But okay. I have to give it, like... You do see, like, some human and, which, I mean, not human, but, like, you see some, like, emotion emotion and heart and hunt where he's, like, stop it. Like, she's, you're going to break her. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get in it what you think you're going to get out of it. Yeah. You're going to get the opposite of what you want. Yeah. And. But I also understand how, like, that is kind of the general view where, like, someone's not responding and so you're just, like, I got to figure out a way to make him respond. Got to figure it out. You know, and I mean, like, and I'm that way where I'm, like. If I'm not talking, you do not want me to talk. Like, I promise you, you don't want me to talk. Yeah. So I, yeah, to your point, like, that was super relatable, like, how she reacted to it. Like, and she's also in, like, a trauma response. I'm like, you can't, when is that ever good to try to, like, snap someone out of that? Yeah. It's not gonna work. Which I wonder, and this would be a good, like, question, like, to ask, like, our friends that are detectives and things like that. Like, in that moment, I know, like, you know... The best time to ask somebody about things that happen is, I think, like, you know, so many hours, within so many hours after something happens. Because sure. your memory is fresh, blah, blah, blah. But if they're in a traumatic experience, like, is that the best time to ask them because of them being in a traumatic experience? Or because your brain starts to alter things as new information comes in, you know? Right. Um, I know, like, as you get older, you can actually remember things that aren't actually memories they're actually yeah. things that you know were told to you over the years which is why they try to get you to re- like in those interrogations rooms right even, like, so, so so i'm wondering like i get the purpose of it all but still i think that there's a way to go about it where they could have like let her like be by herself in a different room to process it yeah and then, so that way because to your point you don't want her going back out into society and recreating memories yeah but if she's alone, like, leave her alone with a couch and whatever. Like, not a TV, but just, like, a couch. Like, let her brain do the processing it needs to do. Yeah. And then come back to it. Like, yeah. don't let her go talk to people. Don't go, you know what I mean? Like, I get that. Yeah. But I think that there's a way to 
to do that. But it, it's, I mean, that's also kind of goes against, like, your rights. Like, then at that point, she had to rest. She's not. Yeah. But, yeah. Then you also meet Sabine. Fucking Sabine. Yeah, she's a lot. She's the worst. She's a lot. I always wait for Sabine to have some kind of, like, redemption, and she never does. Like, yeah. every time I think she's just about, and from the get, like, from the get, I hate Sabine. She storms yeah. in there, and, like, the first thing she wants is her sword. Like, her, her sword. But her sword. Yeah. Like, and she's just, like, she's not, she's never, like, I just, she's the worst. She's just the worst. She's never a mom. She's never a mom. She's not, she's not a girl's girl. She's not a mom. She's not a good leader. She's just the worst. Yeah. She's just everything that I hate. <laughs> yeah. She's a lot. She's a lot. And I'm, I just don't. She's, like, the quintessential bad person, and I don't like her. <laughs> and I know that's just Fair. not a great explanation. From the get-go, I always hope, like, she's going to end up, there's going to be something about her that's going to be, like, like redeeming. Yeah. No. Or, like, makes her, because I feel that way, I mean, and we'll talk about more in the second part, but, like, about the Autumn King. The Autumn King's kind of a little bit more complicated of a... Yeah. Of a character is. where you're like, there's these moments where you're just like, is there, a oh, there's kind of a redeeming quality. Oh, like oh, you have wait. some of them. Yeah. But yeah. So they let her leave. They let her leave. She goes back to her mom. Her mom and Randall. Randall. She's staying in like a hotel with them. I love Randall. And then she sneaks out. She sneaks out. And like the very end of it is her kneeling before the dead gate in the bone quarter. And that's really before you understand a lot about what that place is. Like, yeah. you, you have, like, a, like an idea of kind of, like, people don't fuck with that place, but, like, yeah. you don't know. So, now rereading it, it like, it has just so much more gravity yeah. to that whole situation. Yeah. You know? I was like, oh, what you doing there? What I thought was really interesting, too, is, like, rereading that and her saying, like, I don't know if um, uh, Jessica will ever notice that, you know, I stole the, because you have to pay the, yeah, with the, the or whatever, yeah. whatever, you know, with the coin or whatever. And I'm mm-hmm. like, fuck, if Je- Jessamo knows everything. Not only yeah, that, but she, she talks to the, like, the under king. You don't think yeah. that she don't fucking she know. <laughs> I remember reading that, I was like, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> she obviously knows Bryce. She obviously knows. But yeah, no, like, yeah, rereading that, you're like, man, that is, yeah, that's a, that's a hefty and I love the fact, though, that that was ended there. Yeah. Like, it was a, it was a good... Like, finality, like, of that part. Of that part, yeah. yes. Where it, it did just, like, stop it there, and you're like, okay. It was a nice, like, even not even explaining why she was there then. Yeah, I thought I liked it was that. A, a good, like... I thought that was a clean, crisp ending. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, Speaking of clean, crisp, crisp endings, endings, here we are. All right. We're going to take a break. Then we're going to hop back for part two. As always, thanks for listening. As always, thanks for tuning in. We had a blast. We hope you did too. Head over to our Instagram, Boozy BC Podcast, to see next week's drink recipe and just overall content for the show. We love hearing your questions, comments, or game ideas. If you have any of those, please feel free to email us at boozybookclubpodcast at gmail.com. All right, thanks. We'll see you next week.